0: This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Dancing You Yarns. You can find the link for Dancing You Yarns shop at nevernotknitting.com. Hi, this is Alana and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting podcast. everybody, this is episode 23 and I'm glad that you could join me today. As always, thank you to everyone who has contacted me recently through email or Ravelry or Twitter. I always enjoy hearing from you and receiving your comments, so thank you so much. So first off, I'd like to announce the winners from last episode's drawing. Everyone who left a comment under the show notes for episode 22 was entered to win one of the never not knitting row counters from Pretty Nitty Jewelry. I had 3 knitting counters to give away, so I picked 3 winners from all of the comments. And the winners are Jill Pickle, Liz from the UK, and Cheryl from Virginia. Congratulations. So, if you just heard your name called, please get in contact with me, email me or send me a Ravelry message, and that way I can get your shipping address and get these row counters sent off to you right away. Thanks to everyone for entering, and keep trying! One of these days you might win something! So for this episode, I really wish that I had something super great to tell you about my knitting over the past few weeks. But sadly, I do not. Lately, I've just felt like kind of a knitting loser. I keep starting and ripping out projects, and, and I've just had nothing fantastic to share on the blog because of it. It's kind of sad. As an example, for a week I labored over the ugliest design project of all time. I had this crazy idea that I wanted to design and knit a stranded colorwork beret. I think I just caught the hat bug after knitting the rose red hat recently and I was just so thrilled with that project and it just put me in the mood for more hat knitting. Also I've really just been craving some more color work knitting since I worked on the Cebu Modern Hat several months ago and I just haven't really gotten the opportunity to do that since so this was my chance. I was gonna do another two color knitting project I was going to design it myself, and it was going to be great, right? Wrong. I sketched out what I thought was an ingenious design onto graph paper. It was so pretty. It was free-flowing vines and leaves, and I just thought it was going to be beautiful. So I did all the math. I measured everything. I counted all all the stitches, and I tell ya, I felt really rather accomplished about the whole thing. And then I started on the knitting, which wasn't going at a lightning fast speed because I was using a fingering weight yarn and size 1 and size 3 needles. A couple of inches in and a couple of evenings later, I could already tell that things were just not going right here, but I convinced myself that it was just too soon to tell. So I kept going and going and going. About halfway through my chart, the pattern started taking shape, and um, wait a minute. I had so unfortunately, unmistakably charted out either a row of praying mantises or if you looked in between the praying mantises, it looked like alien faces. I'm not joking. I wish I was joking, but I'm not joking. I had chosen a dark brown for the background color of the hat, and then the contrasting color that the pattern was worked in was a light green, and it totally lent itself to the praying mantis alien theme, I must say. It was weird because when I was charting, I was trying to create this floral design, but it just completely backfired on me. I had just charted out a slice of the entire hat stitches, so it was just part of the pattern. And when you put the pattern together, it looks totally different. Not what I was expecting. So unintentionally, I designed a very surprisingly accurate praying mantis chart. So, if anyone out there is looking for one, you know where to find it. So when I noticed the praying mantis alien motifs, I was mad. I was really, really mad. I threw that hat in the corner and I swore I was going to rip that thing out. The next day, however, I picked it up, intending to put it out of its misery, but instead I decided to just wait a moment, not act rashly and I kind of studied it carefully I turned it sideways I turned it upside down I squinted my eyes and looked at it I thought well maybe it isn't as noticeable as I thought maybe maybe I should just keep going with this hat I mean maybe I should just keep going with the pattern and it won't even look like praying mantis aliens anymore Also, I just couldn't help but look at all those tiny little stitches that I had created and thinking about all the hours I had already put into this. What I've realized about myself is that I just hate ripping things out and I hate wasted effort and time. I just did not want to accept that this design was unusable and disturbing and had just wasted several of my knitting evenings. I just wasn't yet ready to face the truth. So, I continued knitting. I continued knitting that freakish hat, and it just got worse and weirder with every row. I knitted on it so long that it got to the point where I wondered if I should just finish the thing because I was so close. But then, but then I kind of got to thinking here. Well, hmm. Did I really want a well-photographed Praying Mantis alien hat displayed on my knitting blog? And since I already lacked confidence with wearing knit hats in public, was I really going to wear a Praying Mantis hat? Obviously, the answer was no. I knew that if I finished it, it took the time to weave in the ends and block it and It was just going to sit in my drawer and make me mad every time I looked at it. During the time that I was thinking about all of this, my husband happened to walk in the room and says to me, Hey, what you doing? Are those grasshoppers? So, yeah, I kind of decided at that point that enough was enough. I was just going to stop wasting more time. I took the circular needle out of the stitches and tossed my ridiculous hat aside, but I have to admit, I haven't yet ripped it out. I just can't face that yet, it's just kind of depressing. I don't know. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to lately. That and a few design projects that I can't quite talk about since I've submitted them somewhere but hopefully soon in the future. Good thing I have lots of other things to share in this episode. So let's go ahead and get started. Why don't I just go ahead and...
1: Bring on the product reviews!
0: So this episode I actually have two products that I'd like to review. The first one is something I've never tried before because it is a new product. And this is the new Zephyr needles from KnitPix. I happen to love KnitPix needles. So when I needed another size 7 circular for a design project I was working on, I, of course, hopped right onto their website. And then I saw this ad for their new Zephyr needles. And for those of you not familiar with KnitPix needles, they offer interchangeable needles. So that means you buy different length circular cords and then different size needle tips that screw onto the cords. And this really seems the way to go. They offer these nickel plated needle tips, which I happen to just love, that are very comparable to Addi Turbo needles. And also they offer a wooden needle tip and then now these new Zephyr needle tips. The zephyr needles are exactly like the others in shape. They have the same nice pointy tip on them. But instead of metal or wood, they're actually made out of acrylic. So that means that they're really lightweight, and they're also advertised as being slightly flexible. Well, this sounded intriguing, so of course I had to buy one, I had to try it out. So a few days later, I got my package in the mail and when I opened it, my first impression was huh, I think I might like these. I really like the pointy tips and the acrylic did feel pretty good in my hands and I was very curious about that needle flexibility. I thought it might be kind of an interesting change with my knitting. I was kind of wondering if it made a difference somehow. So I decided to start knitting with them and everything was going pretty much okay until I got several rows completed on my project and the stitches just became harder and harder to slide across my needle. The needles were just a little too sticky for my liking and the more rows I kept knitting and the more stitches that were added onto the needle, it just got harder and harder to knit. The stitches were not sliding naturally along the needle like they do on the nickel-plated tips, but instead I had to keep manually pushing the stitches up as I knit, which made me knit a lot slower, and I feel like it makes my stitches tighter when I have to do that. So after a while of pushing the stitches up, I just thought, why am I doing this? I don't have to knit with these needles, and at that point I was just finding them really irritating. So I went ahead and switched my project onto some Addy Turbos that I had in the same size. So basically what I'm trying to say is I'm not going to be ordering more Knitpicks Zephyr Needles. I am definitely going to stick with the nickel plated option that they have. That being said though, I think that Nitpix puts out a great product for the price. And I think that the Zephyr Needles are also a good product. They're a high quality knitting needle and they'd be probably really great for a beginning knitter. I know from working at the yarn shop that not everyone likes or can handle those really slick nickel plated needles so this might be a great alternative for them. Or also if you're working with a really slippery yarn you might want a needle that's a little bit stickier. Having a needle like this definitely does give you more control over your knitting. Knitpick says on the website that these needles are great for stress-free travel knitting, and I don't really know what they mean by that. I don't know if they're saying that because the needles aren't slippery so you don't have to worry about the stitches sliding off super easily if you had to shove it in your suitcase or something, or if they're saying that because maybe airports are allowing acrylic needles on flights and not metal needles. I don't really know. But yes, I agree with nitpicks that these needles do have an application. Just not in my knitting life. The other product I wanted to talk about in this episode is a yarn. And this is a yarn that I have mentioned before on the podcast. It's Sublime's Organic Merino Wool DK. And I want to talk about it because it's one of my favorites. It's the super, super soft single ply organic merino wool. And when I say soft, I mean it. This is the softest 100% wool yarn that I personally have ever felt. It's very, very lightly twisted. So it makes the strand really lofty and lightweight. Remember, this is the yarn that I used for my sheepish sweater design. And it's so soft that my three-year-old daughter Never complained once about it being itchy. And it's so soft that even my woolophobic mother mistook it for cotton. It's just that soft. If I had to compare it to another yarn, I would say that it's quite similar to Malabrigo, which most knitters are familiar with. It's got the same twist and look to it. I would say that this yarn is the thinner, organic, heather colored cousin to Malabrigo. So if you're a big fan of Malabrigo worsted, but wish that they offered a DK weight version of that yarn, then you would love Sublime Organic Merino. So just to give you a little bit more information about it, the wool that makes up this yarn has been certified as being organic and is put up in 50 gram balls of 113 yards. The recommended needle size is size 6 with a gauge of 22 stitches per 4 inches. And this is the gauge that I designed the sheepish sweater in, and I think it's an excellent gauge for this yarn. This yarn is quite lofty, and just by looking at it, it almost appears thicker than a DK weight. Many knitters have mistaken it for a worsted weight yarn just by looking at it on the ball. But because it's a very lightly spun single ply, it's delicate, and it's good to knit it at a tighter gauge because it prevents pilling. Like I said, I knit the sweater for my daughter on a size 6 needle and it seemed kind of tight at first when I first knitted it. The edges were rolling pretty severely and I was kind of nervous that maybe I overdid it and that the gauge recommendation was off. But after I washed it, it changed dramatically. The fibers really relaxed so beautifully. The fabric felt great and laid down really nicely. So don't judge your knitted fabric until after you wash it. It can sometimes make a huge difference. So after washing the sweater and having my three-year-old daughter wear it a couple times, it still looks great. No pilling yet. Since this is a delicate yarn, I will be caring for this particular sweater more gently, but so far no problems. So the Sublime Organic Merino would be a great option for those of you who would like to make a really soft, lightweight wool garment. When you live in a cold climate, it's really nice to have wool because it really does keep you warm. And I can say without a doubt that this is a yarn that most people would be able to wear right next to the skin. The color I use for Sheepish is a natural gray color called Twine, which is color number 113. And the yarn comes in a couple of other natural heathery colors but also in some shades of blue, green, and pink. All of the colors are very muted and are kind of just calming colors. They're really pretty and soft. A nice variety of colors are available through Dancing You Yarns, and I'll be posting a link in the show notes so that you can take a look. So as always, Dancing You Yarns, who is this episode's sponsor, would like to give all of you listening a chance to try out this yarn. You can receive 10% off through the month of September by using the Never Not Knitting discount code in the checkout process. And again, that code is NNK1. But you also have the chance to win a skein. You can go ahead and check out the Dancing U website, pick out your favorite color, and leave me a comment under episode 23's show notes on my blog. I will enter all of your comments in a drawing to win a skein in the color of your choice, as well as a copy of my newest pattern, Sheepish, which as you know, calls for this yarn. And speaking of Sheepish, there are kits for the sweater project available through Dancing You Yarns online shop. The kit includes everything you would need to make the sweater, the pattern, the handmade sheet buttons, and the exact yardage of the organic merino, as well as the small amounts needed of the two contrasting colors to make the sheep and the sweater trim. And all these materials come nice and neat and conveniently packaged in this really cute themed packaging that if you haven't seen yet, you have to go check out the pictures. Kits are just a great option. First off, they're more cost effective than ordering all the different materials needed because usually you can't find all the specific materials in one place. So you have to order from different websites or different stores, and that can get kind of costly with the shipping. And since this kit offers exact yardage, you're not paying for the partial skeins that would be left over. So that saves you as well. And there's definitely something to be said for having all the materials in one place already for you. That's definitely a nice luxury. Also, I think the kits make really great gifts. And I think that this kit in particular would make a perfect gift for an expectant knitter or soon-to-be grandma. I know that I have recently sent out some of these kits to some of my pregnant friends, who are all really happy to receive them. And also, this sweater is a sheep sweater, and it's unisex, so it can be gifted to either a boy or a girl, so that's really nice as well. So I hope all of you listening will take a minute and check it out. So a couple of weeks ago now, I was just wasting time on the internet, as is my custom, and I came across a new knitting book on Amazon that was soon to be released. It was called Fairy Tail Knits, and there were a couple of pictures from the book shown of these super cute, whimsical children's things. There was this beautiful, long, blue sweater coat on a little girl, and also this adorable princess crown, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you know by now that I love children's knits, and the concept of this book and the pictures just immediately grabbed my attention, so I was really pleased after I got my copy of the book in the mail that the author, Allison Stewart Guinea, accepted my offer to be part of the podcast today. So instead of a knitting story, for this episode, I will be sharing the interview I had with her. She was really nice, and I really enjoyed the opportunity to talk with her. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Hi, Alana. It's nice for you to have me. Thank you. Yeah well, why don't we go ahead and start out by just having you tell everyone a little bit about yourself. So first off, I'd like to ask you, how did you learn how to knit? And how did you even get into the um, knitwear designing?
2: Well, um, I learned how to knit when I was a girl. Um, My mom taught me. I grew up in Texas. And um, um, back then, you know, I think I maybe knit a scarf here and there. Um, when I went off to college and had a serious boyfriend, I um, started a sweater for him but never finished it. And, um, and so knitting and I just kind of had an on-again, off-again sort of relationship um, until after I got married and we moved to um, Michigan for uh, my husband was in grad school. So um, and that's when I really started knitting. I met a lot of friends that, that were knitting and um, and I took a, um, a class at a knitting store um, and um, knit my first and my first sweater that I actually finished it was a cable sweater for my husband and um, and I finished it and it was great and um, and it it um, was very, very loosely knit and grew every winter when we would take it out of out of the box. Um, oh, how just Because it was such a low, you know, really, really loose gauge, and so we'd measure it every year to see how much it had grown. Through <laughs> <later>. <laughs> but um, and so and I, I did a lot of that kind of knitting until um, I, I, I met some friends that were um, really into Elizabeth Zimmerman, and mm-hmm. um, and that's when I really started. Loving to knit. I liked to knit before that and had fun with it. But um, when I read her her book, Knitting Without Tears, um, it just sort of opened this door where I could kind of, you know, do my own thing and and then swatching and getting gauge right and all that stuff kind of started to fall into place because it was my gauge and not you know some number on a chart that I was trying to to accommodate. And I see. Uh, so, cool. Uh, yeah. So that's. Uh, I guess that's how I started designing for myself and for my family, and as far as like getting into the business of knitwear design, mm-hmm. it still seems a little weird to say that, but um, I'm actually a weaver, and um, and I had done a number of shows, and um, one of the people that, that used to come and to my show every year and buy scarves um, was a graphic designer. Wiley, and um, he was doing some com- cover art for some of the books that that they were writing on knitting, and um, so he talked to an editor and mentioned me, and and so you know then they called me and asked if I would be interested in um, designing a piece for um, Not Your Mama's Knitting, and so I did that, and they um, oh. liked it, and then I did a couple more, and then. Um,
0: one thing kind of led to another yeah
2: yeah so you know then I just you know proposed this book title to them and they liked it and you know oh that's later here it is so
0: (laughs) oh that's awesome yeah well speaking of the book Mm -hmm. um the book is fairy tale knits and it just came out right
2: just came out yeah like a week ago, I think. It, it's um, Actually, we went to Barnes & Noble this weekend. and It's just you know, just on the shelves. So.
0: Oh, how, how exciting it must be to see your book at Barnes & Noble. Yeah, it
2: is. It's kind of surreal and crazy. I
0: bet. That's <laughs> so fun, cool. In a good way, in a really good way. That's really cool. So why don't you go ahead and tell us, how did you think of this book concept and how did this book kind of come about, not on the business end, but more on the design end?
2: Yeah. Um, well, that was really the easy part. I have three kids, and um, I, you know, they're just um, when they were really little. I did a lot of um, sewing for them, and a lot of um, making a little projects, and and um, and there was a lot of imaginative play going on. A lot of you know, um, imaginary playmates, and you know, acting out um, different scenarios, and so. Um, when it came time for me to design this, it was a lot of these outfits were just sort of things that um, seemed really natural to me to design for um, not my younger child, but also the other kids in our lives, and, and um, it's just things that I thought that they would want to wear and that would appeal to their sense of imagination, but also... Um, appeal to a mom's sensibility that you know you need to you know have a life and get out and go to school and do things with your kids and and so um so that's it just sort of it just was very very easy that I mean it's sort of a strange idea I know for a book but it, it made sense to me and um and and it's been a really fun project to work on that's for sure.
0: Oh I bet and that's what I really liked about your book too is that I agree with you I I think that the fairy tale knits theme is really cute, but I like how you develop the theme without having all the pieces be, like, really, really costumey. I think that several of the pieces definitely have some practicality. Like, there are things that the child could use outside of playtime, too. You know, like some of these um, really cute little girls' dresses. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to knit that for my daughter, and I know that it's something she could dress up in, but also so she could wear out.
2: Right. Oh, great. Yeah, well, that was, that's sort of the goal, and, and not, not so much to costume your, your child, but really to just sort of um, create something that will invoke the spirit of, of a fairy tale. That, um, and I really, really love um, vintage knits. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that, that whole idea and my design sensibility just sort of married really um, easily with this this concept so
0: right oh it's very cute i definitely like how that is your inspiration it's really it's really clever i'm enjoying looking through all of them thanks thanks so do you have a favorite in the whole book as far as your designs
2: well um i think um there are a couple of them that i'm really fond of i love the snow queen um set that's Um, one of
0: my favorites too
2: yeah it was um i liked it both to knit it and I just love the way it drapes when you when you have it on, you know, when, when a child wears it. Um, I've made it a couple of times for friends and um, I actually have a picture of a friend's child and she's sitting on her, her dad's shoulders and I love the way the skirt sort of fans out, you know, around his shoulders. So, um I I really love that outfit. I think, um, actually, some of my favorite designs in the book to design and to knit were little boys' outfits, which, um, or the unisex, and they could go either way. But um, which was sort of a surprise to me. I didn't realize how much um, I enjoyed knitting for um, little outfits that that were more. more for little boys or, you know, that, that were not particularly girly, mm-hmm. um, and so that, that's that been really fun. I love the Robin Hood outfit, um, and, I, you know, of course, it's not just because my son is the model for that one.
0: Oh, <laughs> is he? That's <laughs> cool. sure That actually helps. But <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Did he like being part of the book? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, um,
2: he, uh, he uh, definitely loved that and um, would love to do much more of that. <laughs> so.
0: Oh, funny. Oh, that's so cute. Well, I, I also really liked that when I was looking through your book. I liked how you didn't leave boys out of the equation. I thought that was really cool.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I do have um, my um, my middle son and my younger son are boys, obviously. And, um, you know, my my sons um, love to have things that I knit for them. And, and that's one of those things that kind of... Um, that you start looking at patterns for for children, and you realize there just aren't a lot of patterns out there for boys once they hit about six or seven. you know that uh-huh. there's like you have patterns for men and patterns for little boys, but there's really kind of this this little gap in there. and so um, I definitely would love to do more of that because it's um, I think it's it's a need in the knitting world, but also I just it's just really fun. Knitting stuff that that appeals to um, to young guys.
0: It seems like as I've looked through all these patterns, it's mm-hmm. really cool because you've included boys and girls. But also, I noticed that there's a pretty good size range offered on the patterns that I looked at. Isn't that right? From six months to like seven or or six. Yeah, I,
2: I, I mean, I think there uh, for uh, most of the patterns. I really did try to have something that was from um, six months to 12 months, you know, up through size, um, at least six, but a lot of the patterns have through size eight, so, you know, it's just, I think when you have kids of different ages, it's really nice to, to be able to find that, I think, in a book, and, I, you know, there are a lot of really great books out there that are doing that now, and I really, I really appreciate that as a knitter when I can find a pattern that, that goes up, you know, where I don't have to size it up myself, so.
0: Right, yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so since I'm flipping through the book and those listening can't see it right in front of them, why don't we go ahead and kind of tell them what they okay. can expect when they look at it? So, um,
2: okay, the, well, the concept behind the book is um, fairy tale knits, and um, the it includes 32 designs. Um, the patterns are um, most all of them are um, seamlessly knit because I. Um, That's just a kind of knitting that I really, really love to do. I like to avoid seams wherever possible, um, both as a designer and just, I think, for children's wear, um, seamless designs just really is the way to go. There's just less um, itchiness and less bulk and... um, and all of that good stuff. So um, I tend to knit most of these seamlessly, although I do in the book offer um, just a real quick, simple explanation of how you can, um, you know, how you can transform these designs into, into seamed pieces. If, if that's your preference, because I know everybody's into the whole seamless thing and that's totally okay. I really believe that you can, you know, everybody should knit the way that works best for them. Um, one of the things about the patterns in the book is that um, I try to make them so that um, that you could knit them in your life and so you know you know I have a house full of busy kids and a lot of my knitting happens almost all of my knitting happens in the midst of life you know it happens you know in the car it happens waiting at swim meets it happens you know everywhere and so I wanted to create patterns that were interesting enough for me to knit so they might have like a little lacy detail or some interesting thing for me that would sort of hold my interest but that also, you know, I could work on it and not have to be totally married to the pattern for every single stitch. And and so I think that that's, um, you know, that's what I really tried to do with a lot of these patterns. I wanted simple shaping, things that would be both. Really comfortable and easy to wear for the child, but also things that you know would be interesting and and not overly taxing for the knitter too. Um, there are um, coats and caplets. There's a Little Red Riding Hood cape, um, Hansel and Gretel, um, Cinderella, um, the Snow Queen, and then um, and then I kind of moved into. Things that were not from specific fairy tales, but more um, from um, just sort of things that that might appeal to a child's imagination. So there mm-hmm. are pirates, and mermaids, and um, crowns, and um, elf boots, and flower fairies. And
0: I just so- have to mention about this flower fairy hat. It's like my favorite <laughs> in the book. It's so cute. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's thanks, really thanks. sweet.
2: Oh, thanks. No, it. Um, yeah, I love that one too. And actually, um, um, that's one of the designs that kind of, you know, you're, you're sort of sketching in the margins of things for a little while. So by the time I finally got to the place where I was knitting that, and that was actually, um, I had the idea for that before the book even was, you know, a blip on the radar. Um, it was just, you know, so much fun to knit. Um, mm-hmm. So because um, I think I'd drawn it about 50 different times on, you know, different little scraps of paper here and there, but um, I really was interested in making sure that um, that there were, you know, a lot of variety in the, in the kind of pieces so that oh, there definitely. would be sweaters and, um, you know and things that you would expect in a knitting book, but that also, I mean, and, you know, garments and, and all of that good stuff, but I really wanted to make sure that there were some, a couple of items anyway that were, um, you know, more sort of home deck. So there are a couple of pillows, and there's a banner, um, you know, a castle-inspired banner, and uh-huh. um, there's some elf boots and, you know, thing, and a Christmas stocking. So things that would... Um, that you wouldn't be locked into only having to knit, you know, sweaters. Um, so there are lots of hats and other things, too. But Yeah,
0: that's, yeah, I think you did a really good job of that. And I was oh. also thinking that there's a few little bags to match some of these outfits, too, like the mermaid purse and then the pirate bag,
2: right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. And I, I have a thing for bags, so um, I, as far as I'm concerned, every outfit needs a in a bag. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but obviously they didn't all get them. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no. Um, and in fact, the the pirate bag um was originally knit for my my older son. So um, and he's a teenager and has taken that one to school and um and. Um, I've had lots of requests it's for a big that hit. From teenagers, <laughs> yeah, which that's is cool. you know, it's sort of funny because it's not the audience I was going for, but I kids.
0: Right. So. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I also am just in love with this little princess top, you know, the one that has the puffy sleeves and then it um, mm-hmm. is fitted on the bottom. My daughter would oh, just thanks. die to have that. She would love that. My daughter yeah. is... She's three, and she's obsessed with princesses right now, so Mm -hmm. I know that I have to make this for her sometime. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really cute. Oh, thanks.
2: Yeah. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I'd really like to make that. I'm going to be looking for yarn for that. That's super cute. So, um, are you, I know you've just finished this book, but are you thinking about doing any other design projects or any other, or any new knitting books?
2: Um, well, there is um, talk of a new book, and um, um, you know Wiley is is um, so far interested in 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 that. So, you know, I haven't signed a contract yet, but we'll we'll see where that goes. So, I I'm hopeful. It looks, you know, it looks like that that's probably going to happen, and um, and which I'm really excited about because um, it, you know it's even though. Um, this was my first book, and obviously, there were some ups and downs, and just kind of getting used to the whole um being on a schedule with my knitting and all of that stuff because that was a new thing for me um, I really, really loved the process and um and I like um you know, I really loved designing a collection, which um, which I hadn't really ever done before. So it had just always been just kind of a piece here or a piece there, and um, and the whole, you know. Tr- Knitting something that's around a, a specific concept was just really, really fun for me. So I'm, I'm excited about that and very grateful to Wiley for the opportunity to, to write this book and, and possibly some more. So oh
0: Well, if you do, we will be looking forward to seeing your new work. That's really exciting. Um, so for the listeners, if they would like to check out Fairytale Knits, where do you suggest that they go to find it?
2: Um, well, it's um, for sale at most of the, the you know, major bookstores um, and Amazon and online sources. Um, um, I know a number of yarn stores are going to be carrying it throughout the country, and um, you know, obviously, um, I work in, a I teach in a, in a knitting store part-time, so, you know, I'm always ready to plug you know buying things at your local yarn store if at sure. all possible. Almost oh, um, but yeah but um but um I know they they should be able to find it you know um
0: all, all the th- normal places <laughs> all the normal places right? Okay. All right. And then um do you want to mention your web information? Do you have a blog?
2: I do have a blog. I just, I actually just, it's in its infancy. I just got started with it. And um, um, it's alethenginny, Guinea um, at blog, well, blogspot.com and um, I have a website that's not, um, that I'm just getting up and running and that's knittingbyhand.com.
0: Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. It's been great having you on, and it's really exciting for me to be able to talk to a knitting book author. So thank you so much.
2: Oh, thanks. Well, this has been a real treat for me. Thank you.
0: So thanks again to Allison for being a part of the show. Allison has generously offered a signed copy of Tale Knits to one of the Never Knot Knitting listeners, so I will be putting up a special drawing post on my blog for the book, and if you'd like to enter to win, just be sure to leave a comment under that post. So I hope that you'll all check out Allison's new book, Fairytale Knits, and as I said before, it's a really cute one, and I plan on making good use of my copy you'll be able to find pictures of all the patterns on Ravelry where Allison is listed there as Allison Guinea and also Allison told me that she will be offering free patterns tutorials and giveaways on her blog and on her future website so you will have to go check that out I will be linking to all of her web information in this episodes show notes so just to reiterate there is not one but two drawings you can enter for this episode. So if you would like to enter to win the yarn in pattern, please leave a comment under this episode's show notes on my blog. And again to enter the drawing for the book, be sure to leave your comment under the Fairy Tale Knits blog post, which I will be putting up tomorrow, September 2nd. And when you do leave a comment, It would be very helpful for me if you would also leave your Ravelry name or your email address. Since there are so many entries, it will make it a lot easier for me to be able to contact you if you win. I will be announcing all the episode drawing winners on episode 24, so you have two weeks to enter these new drawings. So again, the show notes for this podcast can be found on my blog at neverknotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting. You can email me at nevernotknitting@gmail.com, at gmail.com and find me on Twitter as Never Not Knitting. The G wouldn't fit, unfortunately. So thank you so much for listening to episode 23. Have a great couple of weeks and I'll see you next time.
1: She won't even do the dishes, the houseplants all dead. Yeah, her needles are a clicking from morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care she She's never not knitting And it's making Her husband, husband mad, mad Her husband mad Pop ramen again? She just won't stop the stitching And the neighbors say it, it really is quite sad I don't know about her She used to be such a sweet girl But now she does knit Nobody has clean laundry No shirts, no underwear But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yard in the fridge In the cupboards The bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why She can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting And it's making Her husband mad Her husband mad I'm filing for divorce She She just won't won't stop her stitching And the neighbors Say it's really getting bad She's taking pictures of socks again Oh, poor girl The house is burning up up in flames flames. Call 911! Her husband says, Get up, let's go! But she can't set down her project She says, Just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making Her husband mad Her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching Well, she's losing all she had.